The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back. It's time for episode 187 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Michelle. And I'm Murray. Welcome back, everybody. We are about uh, 130 or so days until the rise of Skywalker, and I'm getting really excited. It's coming. It's coming. We're at the halfway point, for sure, right? Or almost at the halfway point from last time. Uh, we're at the halfway point between. Uh, at some point, this is a ha- this is a halfway point of something. <laughs> <laughs> no, like between the last movie and this movie, or maybe we passed that. Oh, we're, yeah, point. we're way past that. Way past oh yeah, because it's August. It's not. I I forgot. I thought it was like. <laughs> I thought a year was like ten months for a split second. <laughs> I'll see how long my week my week's been. <laughs> Unless the Earth is sped up and I didn't know about it. Oh my gosh, no. I thought, like, I, I don't know if I thought it was June or, like, I I don't know what it was. My brain. Ignore my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. It's even shorter than I thought it was. What? Yeah, no, it's, it's going to come fast. It's going to come fast. I'm getting really excited. News is starting to, you know the dam is getting, the pressure on the dam is getting real heavy now. With D23 just a couple weeks out. Or- yeah, I was just going to say, it's like coming in close to D23 now. I, I still feel like that's that's going to be Mando-focused, Mandalorian-focused, but I, it, they're going to have to talk about The Rise of Skywalker, so we're going to have... Oh, boy. It's, it's going to be Star Wars-focused, in my opinion, because um, from, from like, industry insiders, I've heard that uh, Marvel completely pulled out of D23 this year, and they solely announced everything mostly at Comic-Con in San Diego. So um, a lot of the stuff they're planning to talk about at D23 is very heavily Star Wars based. I think they're going to do all of the big announcements. It sounds like, um, it, it sounds like Marvel <laughs> will have a small presence. But... <laughs> yeah, but, but kind of like the small presence that Star Wars had at Comic-Con will kind of be like the small presence that Marvel has at D23. I think it'll be mostly like panels discussing the Marvel Universe, but not so much like big announcements, like splashy announcements. I think um, they might do a little bit more about the stuff that's going on the platform, like uh, the uh, um, Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the D- Disney yeah. Plus stuff. Mm-hmm, the Disney Plus stuff. I think they're going to do a lot more of the Marvel Disney Plus announcements and uh, like more deeper information on that because they didn't really release too much of that information over um, during Comic Con. And I think because there's so much Disney Plus stuff and that's this is D23, I think they hopefully they didn't really talk a whole bunch about Disney Plus either. So um, I'm kind of trying to see like maybe. Uh, a lot of people are saying that they think it's going to be mostly announced at D23. Probably not all, but a lot more information about the Disney Plus stuff will be coming out at D23. Yeah, it's it's really their last chance to really show that off. Marie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. 
I actually um, had a an interesting incident um, happen to me on Wednesday. I was in the Lego aisle um, enjoying looking at Star Wars Legos. And these two women walk up to me and start talking to me about Star Wars Legos and how one of their nine-year-old their nine year sons, his birthday the next day, and he's starting school, and she wants to get him a present, and he likes Star Wars Legos. What should she get him? And I was like, does he like the bad guys or the good guys? And the other ladies, like, he likes things that fly. And I was really excited, and it was a great conversation, and I helped them pick out two things to buy. And then as I was leaving the aisle, I noticed my wallet was gone no no <laughs> did they got you it was those two yep uh, it was caught on camera them stealing my wallet was caught on camera oh man i was like it was such a great conversation and i was like why <laughs> oh jeez, humanity just sucks <laughs> oh yeah so that was that was interesting. It was uh, ironically, I helped alleviate some of the pain by um, building some Legos, but it it's just sad that it happened on the the, the Lego aisle. I was like, that's, oh, that's so man. sad. So what's the and deal they, now? Like you got to call all the credit cards and oh man, like yeah. your driver's license has got to be. Yep. Oh. I had to get a new license. I had to cancel all my cards and get new ones. And I need to get a new health insurance card and a new AAA card and like all this stuff. My wallet was actually found down the road in the middle of the road with nothing in it. Oh, God. That's so, so, <laughs> so, I mean, I like think- my. They must be just looking for cash, right? Because everybody, they they must know the credit card's going to be canceled within minutes. Well, I actually didn't catch it in time. Um, they spent about $1,000 on my card. No! Yeah. Did you report it, though? Like, yeah, stolen, I reported like, and, it. And, okay, good. I filed a police report. So then you won't have to pay. So. Yeah. God. That's bad. Oh so that was my interesting Star Wars adjacent story. This <laughs> wow, um, yeah, like I, I picked out for her Major Von Reg's Tie Fighter. I was like, "This oh, that's would such be such good advice because it's flying and it's the bad guys." And she was so thankful, but obviously not. And then really. she used her credit card to buy it. <laughs> well, no, she didn't use it at. I, it was at Target. She didn't use it at Target. She used it at Walmart. What? Yeah. So weird. People are awful. And I'm guessing you shop at Walmart, right? Because then that's probably why your credit card company wasn't like, this is weird that she's spending a lot of money at Walmart when she doesn't normally shop at Walmart. Well, I I usually don't. I shop at Target pretty exclusively. So... I mm. I don't know, but hopefully it'll help me get my money back because my yeah. history is not really to go to Walmart. So yeah, well, because that's how I've had my identity stolen once before. I think someone like 
put my put the reader in like the a card or something and because I I rarely go to Best Buy like ever and one time I went to Best Buy to grab like something before a trip and then like a week later someone tried to use my credit card information at a Best Buy for like three thousand dollar purchase and so it didn't go through because I immediately got a fraud report because I never shop at Best Buy well back Uh then I didn't shop at Best Buy at all like now I shop a little bit at Best Buy sometimes because I do a lot more photography work and like it's really hard to find like any other photography store like any in a different state like it's always easy to go to Best Buy I don't always go to one but at the time I rarely ever went to Best Buy I just gone once like a week prior to buy like a cord so like it was just so weird like so my credit card company immediately flagged it and was like no like so they called me and they were like did you try to make a $3,000 purchase at Best Buy and I was like no they're like we thought so so that I had to change my card but it was because I had never shopped there before so I was just wondering like if you had shopped at Walmart before or consistent sorry that happened to you marie that's terrible i'm sorry yeah because you don't you normally shop there it is likely that you'll be okay and And they caught it on camera so yeah i hope they find find those two yeah me too they said they caught them leaving the store and their cars so Mm. fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah i mean i don't i don't know if you'll find out but hopefully yeah hopefully, hopefully karma gets those two that's terrible yeah yeah uh, well, before we jump into the podcast, before we get started, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the passing of our good friend and colleague at the Star Wars Commonwealth, Steve Kirk. Uh, Steve Steve was the host of San Diego Sabres radio podcast, and he was just one of the nicest, uh, most generous and helpful people you'd ever want to meet. And uh, you know, his, we, we learned of his sudden passing a, a couple days ago, but... Uh, it's it's left a gaping hole in our community, man. Like, it, the wound is still a bit fresh, I think. So we're not going to get too deep, deep into it tonight in this podcast. But uh, in the days to come, we'll certainly gather some voices of those who knew Steve. And we'll share some thoughts and our stories about Steve because he impacted just about everybody he met. Like He made a great impression on just about everybody. And, and we're going to miss him a whole bunch here. Um. Marie, I think you had a chance to speak with Steve on a call not too long ago with Generation X-Wing. Yeah, he's he seemed really, really cool. <laughs> um, I I loved he was really funny and um, I I really enjoyed being able to get to know him for that little bit of time for sure. Yeah, and, and it's funny, Michelle, when you were at uh, SDCC a couple weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. I know you were in the reading, uh, you were in the lucasfilm publishing panel and you'd sent me a picture from the panel steve had sent me a picture from the panel as well and you guys were just feet apart oh really yeah like the angle is the same like you were just i think you guys were on like the same angle but he one of you was very close to the front and one was a few rows back okay so steve was probably like three or four rows behind you yeah i was in the front row like i was surprised Um, i might actually be in his photo <laughs> yeah you know i actually never looked my head look. might be in the photo in the front i don't know but um yeah uh yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible news terrible terrible news that yeah, uh, no he's a really wonderful person and um we will really miss him absolutely. Uh, and his great um conversations and and everything so um yeah maybe, we hope yeah, that maybe he rest in peace 
yeah, and that you know we love and love and light to all of his loved ones and absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so with that, uh, again, rest in peace, Steve. We will certainly miss you a whole bunch. All right, so last week, uh, Crash of Fate came out, as did Myths and Fables. Have you have either of you jumped into either of those books yet? I started myths and fables um like a week ago uh and i uh just mailed copies of myths and fables to you guys uh like two i know it's i'm sorry it took so long i had a leak in my apartment and my apartment was flooded and oh, you know no. there's a lot going on <laughs> so Priorities, Michelle. Little, it's all good i know i got a little distracted but now they're there so hopefully they'll be there soon so we can talk about it as a group at our next pod um but yeah it's so great i love myths and fables so much um i'm trying to save like i'm reading the stories at night kind of like bedtime stories because that's kind of the vibe that the book has and um the author uh george talked a lot about of uh you know that that was what they were trying he was trying to evoke with the writing which is why a lot of the none of the characters have an actual name it's just like the farmer or the dragon or things like that to kind of give it this old world fable uh, mythic vibe which is really really wonderful and um i'm really loving like just the fact that I don't know, I loved growing up. I loved myths and fables and they were like Greek myths and I loved reading fables. And um, so this is kind of like that, but set in Star Wars, the Star Wars universe, which is like, oh, it's so money. And it's it's definitely a book that you're going to be able to enjoy with your family. And I think it'll be a great bedtime story book for kids that parents will also enjoy reading. Um, the hardcover is so beautiful and such great quality. It has like this kind of like cloth feel. And um, yeah, so I highly recommend it. So wonderful. I have Crash of Fates, um, but I haven't started it yet. But I hope to read it while I'm on my trip in London next week. Um, oh my goodness. But You're back on the road. I know I am. I'm leaving for San Diego tomorrow and then I'm coming back and then I'm flying to London on Tuesday and then maybe back on the 27th and then I should be in town in LA for a while. So, well, at least till October and then, yeah, anyway, but, (laughs) but anyway, um, yeah, so it should be really good. Um, I'm really excited to read Crash of Fates because like from what, um, Zoraida said at the publishing panel at Comic-Con, it sounds really, really cool. Um, and uh, exciting. So I don't know. I'm just really excited about reading Batu and like, yeah, I'm excited about it. They were talking a lot about how it was really important for them to um, get like even like all of the sensory details right of Batu and how like they were really ca- they like thought like one of the examples they gave were like. Uh, what does it smell like? And they like sat and really thought about what it would smell like there um, and things like that. So uh, I'm really excited because it sounds really great, but I really do love missing fables. Yeah. I, I, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Absolutely. So we, we will definitely dive into that book once, once we get our copies and, and read through a few of those stories. How about you, Marie? Anything, anything coming your way? Um, I 
downloaded Crash of Fate today. I'm switching to Kindle when it comes to novels, just because I don't have space for any more books. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did download it today. I haven't started reading it yet, but I think it's really neat. I was looking at the, the opening part and how it switches between the the guy's point of view and the girl's point of view and the guy's point of view and the girl's point of view so each chapter is labeled with the guy or the girl's name so okay. i think so it's, that's sim- it's similar cool. to lost stars yeah lost stars it, it, yeah right i i, I kind of right? th- i thought this book was going to be like the spiritual sequel to to lost stars even if it's not the same characters it's going to have yeah. the same vibe mm mm-hmm. mhm and then, and then staying on, on Bad 2, uh, Black Spire comes out in a couple of weeks from now. Yes! That's getting good early buzz. Oh, yeah. It's getting very good buzz, which makes me very excited. For sure. I'm so excited for Cardinal coming back. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. I love Cardinal. He was from the Phasma novel. Yes. Oh, okay. That's one I, I I haven't I'm not a huge Phasma person, but it sounds like I need to at least give that book a shot. The the thing I'll say is that that book made me hate Phasma. It made me absolutely <laughs> abhor Phasma <laughs> because she's just completely out for herself and doesn't care for anything else but her own survival. But it introduced a wonderful character in Cardinal who is like a a very morally centered stormtrooper who cares about his troops and that was a really cool difference yeah that's been the specialty i think or one of the specialties of new canon is make is humanizing the air quotes evil people and making it almost root for them yeah well similar to this week i haven't i didn't check out crash of fate yet Uh, myth of myths and fables is near future but i did start and finish Thrawn Treason this week by audiobook. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? I, I struggled with it, though. Mm. I really struggled with it. And I, I I think I... I don't know if I put myself in the mindset to struggle with it, because I'm, I'm all equally not really a Thrawn fan. But, like, in the la- last year or so, or I guess since Last Jedi, really, audiobooks have really helped me keep up with the amount of content. Otherwise, I'd read maybe two books a year, tops. And uh, yeah, like more often than not, I enjoy them, but I I really didn't enjoy Th- Thrawn Treason. Like, I, I didn't enjoy the story a ton. Um, it didn't do much to make me care about Thrawn. I I really don't care for the Sherlock Holmes in space type thing. And it was like an exercise. The whole book was like an exercise in seeing how many different voices and accents Mark Thompson can put on. And it got it got to me after a while. It really got to me. It just wore wore me out. So, yeah, and like I said, I, I can't get on board with uh, Thrawn's ability to break down every person, every situation, and predict it to the letter. And just like, and there's just constant stuff coming at this guy, and he's able to slot each piece of data correctly and analyze how it's going to affect an outcome. And it's like, come on, give me, give me a break here. <laughs> See, I love that. I love it. Like the first, I've only read the first 15 pages because I've had a lot going on, but the first 15 pages of that book, like I was in love. So I don't know if it gets worse or if it stays the same as the first 15 pages. 
Well, I always enjoy the prologues and epilogues. They always seem to Ooh. be like really good uh, takeaways on their own. Mm, and then the like agree. The, the, the book itself ends up being like a, a your mileage may vary type thing. Yeah. But you know, all that said, like Timothy's on, he's carved out like this pretty impressive slice of of Star Wars lore for himself. Like he's got this whole corner of the galaxy with the Chiss and with Imperial, like an, a, I guess a sliver of the Empire, and then these these Grisks, mm-hmm. who who are back in this book, of course. But it's it's kind of interesting that he's he's kind of set this all up for himself. But uh, you know, I, I don't. After I was done with the book, I. I I thought, well, what's next for Thrawn now? Because uh, the well, I don't. I'm not going to spoil too much, but um, you know, I'll put this. I'll, I'll I'll just put it in the form of a question. Now we're done with this Thrawn trilogy of books, and as far as Rebels is concerned, he's disappeared with with Ezra. So in your mind, this is just a quick thing. Just give me a name, Michelle. Who should write the next? Thrawn story should it be a Dave Filoni thing or a Timothy Zahn thing? Ooh, good question. Oh, you mean like for what medium? Like all mediums? Well, I guess that becomes part of your answer. Really, is is you know, um, I want the next Thrawn story to be animated. And so I want Filoni to take Ooh. it, or I I would like them to continue. I would like Timothy Zahn to continue with his printed stuff. That would be really cool. Would be if Timothy Zahn and Dave Filoni collaborated on something that had to do with Thrawn. Like they created this like ultimate. Yeah, I, I, I imagine Zahn consulted for Rebels, but I, like, yeah, I mean, for them to actually go all in and put both their names on a project, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Yes. I really hope that it's like an hour and a half long animated movie. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Disney what Plus. I think would be perfect. <laughs> kind of like the this series or season premieres and the season finales how they're like two part and they're sometimes packaged together as one thing so like something that's kind of like that yeah like a big you know how they do like big holiday specials or like anniversary mini series or you know it could be like a two night event or like you know like top of the lake they did like a three night event where they did like an hour three nights in a row kind of like that but you can do it on disney plus for absolutely for sure. Yeah. yeah it's, it's strange because, I mean, they, they he's Thrawn's character. It, he invented him. But he's also now heavily tied to Filoni in, in a medium that I think, you know, I think animated stuff is, you know, air quotes above the novels in terms of, of importance. I don't I don't know if it's all considered the same level of importance, but I think generally people care about what's on TV and movies before books. I don't know if that's a fair thing to say. but. Uh, it, it it is interesting. I, I wonder who's going to tell the next Thrawn story because for sure there's going to be one. Uh, okay, so anybody, uh, are either of you going to be picking up the uh, the re-release of the Star Wars saga movies coming out, <laughs> or had you even heard this news? I think I heard about it, um, but I don't 
see the point in doing that until uh, Rise of Skywalker comes out. Mm-hmm. And I own I own all of them so far digitally, and then Rogue One and Solo and Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones that I have on DVD. So I kind of like have both, but I don't have physical copies of all the movies. Yeah, like I, I've I've got all like everything on physical, and the only upside. I think in this set is is if you want all the graph like all the graphics to match, here's a new set for you. But it's, yeah. it's and, unless unless Rise of Skywalker is issued with matching graphics, it's going to be the, this weird, slightly incomplete set in six yeah. months from now. So I don't know. I, I'm definitely not buying this one. Like like you, Marie, I am I am waiting till next year. I'll buy, you know, when, when Rise of Skywalker comes out, I'll buy that. And then at some point, whether it's a year from now or two years from now, they will package 11 movies or, or the nine Skywalker movies and, and do that up in a, in a big $300 box set. Michelle, are you uh, are you going to pick this set up or are you you're taking a pass as well? I probably will take a pass because I currently am trying to declutter my life and um, I have stuff on like digital. So... I I keep all my movies on digital and like stuff now. That's the way I it's going. Prefer. Certain movies, if I like them enough, I'll get like you know them on in physical. But like I don't I I don't really have like a nice DVD. Like I have a cheap DVD player, and then like the last DVD I really liked got eaten by my old computer. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have to buy it again anyway, and it's like I don't know if I buy it. I don't really think I'd ever like really watch it and use it. Like I'd actually I actually watch the ones that I own digitally. Like I don't really. Like, the DVDs I own are, like, typically stuff that people sent me as, like, a gift or a PR thing. Or it's, like, my friend's movies that they signed for me. Or, like, you know, so they're not really, like, stuff I watch. It's, like, more, like, I don't know, like, mem- like stuff I collect. Most of the DVDs I own, like, I don't have them in cases. They're in, like, those old school, like, big cases where it's, like, CD cases that we used to put yeah. all our CDs in, in the 90s. But, like, they're for DVDs yeah. and, like. They're the ones from college, like my three stacks of like the maximum ones of those. I have like over like 200 DVDs back home in Tokyo and Hawaii. So it's like I I don't really like I haven't really rebought them since I moved out here. And like I don't. Yeah. So I just don't find I don't see a point. Like maybe if I had a house and like an actual DVD player and like kids who watch DVDs, I don't DVDs. But yeah, but still like even with Disney Plus right around the corner, like you're going to get them digitally again. Like they're going to be available. And I, I'm just, I, at first yeah. I was like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Disney Lucasfilm? Don't do this. Just skip it. You're doing this again next year. Don't do it now. Um, but you know, the, the point's been made that, you know, this, this is just getting people aware again of, of episode nine coming. It's getting product on the shelves. It's more of an awareness thing than an actual product push, I suppose, which I'm fine with. Like, I'm never going to dump on more star Wars on the shelves. If you want to do it, do it. I mean, it's it's your franchise. Go for it. But if you like, if you're trying to get hype going for Episode Nine, my big point is talk about Episode Nine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do, yeah. Like add a featurette or like 
Yes. I don't know. Add like an insight, like a behind the scenes or like a feature read or the journey to the rise of Skywalker. Because yeah. like, you're, you're exactly right, Michelle. Star, or like, you know, add special features. Come there was on, there was a VHS set of the of the original trilogy that was released in, I think, 2001. And I was like, well, I'm going to definitely buy that because I'm a Star Wars fan and I buy multiple iterations of the same movies. And the draw for me at that point was that there was a featurette for Attack of the Clones. It was a behind-the-scenes reel. It was before the movie came out, obviously. But that's what got me to buy. It was I wanted to see, I desperately wanted to see that whatever it was, two minutes, five minutes of Attack of the Clones, green screen footage. I wanted it. And that, that, was, that made me drop the 30 or 40 bucks to buy that box set. So do that again now. Put something exclusive on the on this uh, disc set, and I'd almost consider it. Anyway, don't want to get hung up on that, but yeah, it's just all, all that to say, you, you want to promote the Rise of Skywalker? Talk about the Rise of Skywalker. We're we're all ready for that. Yeah. Uh, so our next guys up to do uh, Star Wars movies, Benioff and Weiss, they've signed a deal with Netflix, and. I'm I'm a little bit concerned. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your brains to see if you're concerned too. Like, will this impact their work with Star Wars at all? And, and Michelle, I know you might know a little a thing or two about how contracts possibly work at at Netflix and Disney, but these two are going to be direct head to head competitors now with Disney Plus and Netflix. Does it strike you as as odd? Like, I don't know how contracts get hammered out, but it seems odd to me that the guys who have been hired to work on Star Wars have also been now hired to work on Netflix and it seems like their projects will overlap and this is, it's all going to hell in my head and I don't understand what's happening and I'm scared because I want my Star Wars guys to be focused on Star Wars and not their stupid Netflix show. Michelle? Well, it's probably because they don't have a non-compete clause in their contract. Like, um, typically it depends, like if, if it, or it has to be, or it might be in a completely different genre. Like, so it might be, you know, not a sci-fi fantasy in space, um, obviously. So it w- the, that's the only thing I can think. Like, those are the things that I would consider. No, like I clearly don't know that that much about the details of this spe- specific deal. Um, but typically, when type things like this happen, I mean, it's like you know, when you when a director, producer, writer has multiple projects at different um like when they're doing movies it's different you can have them at different studios like i mean it's not really the same anymore now than it is like than it was back in the day where typically like a writer or producer or director would be signing a contract with a uh like a production company or like a film production house like you know 20th century fox like would have a deal like a six picture deal where you would only do six movies with their with their picture company or, you know, MGM or whatever. But like, since that happened now, it's usually like a picture by picture deal at this point. So a lot of uh, producers and writers will have, will ink, like will sell specific project to different places. So um, since star Wars, they're coming onto it. It's not their property that they own. Um, They don't really have like, I don't think that they would have any sort of non like they wouldn't have a strict non compete in that sense because 
you know, they're being hired to write a property that isn't one that they themselves created. Um, so I think in that sense, whatever they're pitching to Netflix is something that's original, I'm guessing. So that's why they're able to do that, because it's an original project. I think that they don't I don't think that Disney can preclude them from writing or pitching or selling anything that's original that they came up with. Yeah, I guess, um, I guess it's, it's hard for them to claim ownership of these guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard because they're hiring them for a specific contract. So it's like they're freelancers that are being hired to write like, you know, on a property. So like it's kind of the same with like other with writers and the books like, um, you know, there are authors like Claudia Gray or, you know, Charles Sewell or like, you know, other people who will also publish other books in the same year at different publishing houses and also publish star wars books it's the same concept but it's in film so like you're just transferring that into the film universe it's just like they're being hired contractually to write three movies that are in the star wars universe yes it's an idea that they pitched and it's something that hasn't been written before but they don't own the rights to these characters and they don't own the rights to any of the stuff they're being hired to write something that disney owns the rights to so what i'm guessing is that they created something original which means disney doesn't have any bearing over it and there's no non-compete i think in that sense i don't i think the non-compete that they would be able to um argue is that like they aren't allowed to work on any other projects that are space related or fantasy related for other people so like you know they can't sign up to do star wars and then suddenly also sign up to do the star trek movie or something you know what i mean like that 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 would be something they can control more but something original um the only thing that i think that disney can control is the time commitment so this the fact that they signed this deal with netflix um, if it's, I'm guessing it's for original content, which is why they couldn't preclude that, but they can assert control and dominion over, um, their schedule and their time commitment. So since they've already kind of inked this release schedule for the Star Wars movies, they can't do anything that will directly jeopardize or contradict with that. And I know because Disney's schedule is always super strict and their time commitments are usually very like, they don't typically change them that much unless there's something huge. And I don't think that they would allow Benioff and Weiss any wiggle room in that because they know that they're make they've offered them a lot of, I'm guessing a huge amount of money for this. And they know that they're making a lot of money elsewhere. So they're not going to try to jeopardize, you know, their income in that way. So yeah. I think the only thing that really, I'm not super worried about it because I'm just I'm assuming that Disney has a very strict lock on their time and that like the only way that they're allowed to really do this is like if they do the projects that they were contracted for with Disney first and then that comes first. So I'm guessing that this is just a deal for the future and that they're going to be developing it. And I'm guessing if it's like a show, um, you know, with Netflix as opposed to a movie, they're going to have a writer's room. So like, sure they will have another commitment but they're going to have other writers writing as well so it's not going to be as much of a commitment as i think people are are making yeah, it out makes to me be feel like a little bit better it to be. i think typically a writer's room is eight to 12 writers so there will be eight to 12 writers probably writing this i mean the first season typically the creators do heavily 
write the first season and are heavily involved in any show because they need to create the mythos and the basis. But usually when it comes to the second season, third season, more so the writer's room take over and the creators of the show kind of like take a back seat and they're more kind of like monitoring you know, what else is going on? Because at this point, they have multiple projects that they're juggling. I don't really think that they're going to they're going to be hiring the right people and people they trust that they've worked with in the past to kind of rely on to create all this content, because there's only so many hours in the day. And like, even though there's two people in their team, they have a lot going on. So sure. um, I'm not really too worried about it. I just think that they're, you know, making sure they line up all their stuff because uh you know just movies aren't going to be it's just a one script as opposed to like a show which is what they're used to doing so um yeah i think it'll be fine no marie did you watch game of thrones no all right so you're like me i did not okay so being on the on the outside of that as as it were i mean it was impossible to avoid the chatter of it uh yeah so the ending for game of thrones left a lot of people feeling cold does that and apparently like that blowback went directly at Benioff and Weiss and people saying, well, as soon as they ran out of source material, their work on Game of Thrones went off the rails. Does that concern you at all with these guys? Like, would you if if they if they said, you know what, we're just gonna back out of the room here for Star Wars, would you be like, oh man, that sucks, or would you be like, cool, get someone else in there, let's go? Ah, uh, I well, I don't. I try not to take too much stock in the loud voices. That's that's wise. Yeah. um, Because I, I like to try and make my, my own opinions. So if I haven't seen it, I don't feel like, I, I think it sounds like a really cool thing that they're a part of it. That I mean, I'm sorry, that didn't make any sense. Um, that uh, Benioff and Weiss are doing a Star Wars uh, trilogy just because I love... I don't know why I haven't watched Game of Thrones, because I love that kind of stuff. Like, King Arthur stuff makes me super happy. Oh, so, yeah, like Yeah, so I really want to check it out eventually. Um, so knowing that they're into that sort of thing, I am, even though I've never seen Game of Thrones, really excited about them being involved with Star Wars. So I, I would be a little bit sad if they, um, backed out. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of where I'm at, because I get, like, I haven't seen it either. So I don't know the work at all. Yeah. And if, if. They were thought highly enough of for for Kathleen Kennedy, who knows more than I'll ever know. Um, you know, if she if they were like, "Yep, these are the let's get these guys in. These they're going to create something great for us." They know I I trust them. They've not let me down yet. So uh, let's 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 just get it moving, <laughs> and, and and with get these guys keep these guys focused on Star Wars because that's what's important here. Yeah, Star Wars. Why not? One other thing I I noticed um, in what I read, it said that like several different um, companies or whatever were going after them and that one of them was Disney. I didn't understand that. Why would Disney go after them when they already have them for Star Wars? Maybe for something original, like 
that they want them to do. Because, I mean, it makes sense. Like, if they have a really cool... Because I think that they probably were selling something. Like, I'm, I'm most mm. of... Most of the industry is you have to pitch a package. So you're usually pitching something that they've already thought up of. Um, I don't think that they would be at this point going to like pitch meetings where they're like sitting with different studios being like, here's like 10 pitches of ours. It would be like, this is something we want to make. Here it is. You can like you can give us a quote to like buy it or we'll take it somewhere else. So they probably had a project in mind that they were selling and then they were selling it to different outlets and taking meetings and being like, would you like to buy it? And then Disney probably are like, well, we know that they're really awesome and they have a great buzz and this project is interesting and we don't want other people to buy it from us. And so obviously they would want to keep them in like the universe making money for them since then they can cross promote other things like with this and that. Um, so that's probably why they were in talks, but like, it was probably who, who they went with probably was just their choice on, you know, between the money, what they were being offered and also like what they thought was the best home for their project that was most appropriate. Um, but it's not, yeah. it's not uncommon that, you know, they would go after a different project because the Star Wars thing is, something that they're hiring out and it's not an original <laughs> property. They can't lock them into a picture deal where they lock them at Disney. So that's why they probably still had to go after this other project because they were able to kind of shop it to other outlets. Gotcha. So yeah. And I, I, Cause they already have other stuff in it going on for them in production. And so when they would have never signed, like there would never be, be a clause that they I don't think that these two would have signed in the contract saying that they had to be exclusive to Disney for the duration of the time that they were working on Star Wars I, that's pretty much unheard of at this point like in this day and age so I don't think that um, yeah so it didn't it wouldn't preclude them from doing that cool all right I feel I feel a lot better about this now um, all right so lastly uh, we're now going to get into books proper here for the rest of the show um, we got an announcement last week. The Secrets of the Jedi book was announced. That's coming on November 19th. The synopsis is, Prepare Padawan to learn from a legend. StarWars.com is excited to reveal Star Wars, The Secrets of the Jedi, a new book from author Mark Sumerak, chronicling the history of the Jedi Order with Luke Skywalker as your guide. Coming November 19th from Insight Editions, the tome is filled with lush paintings and special interactive features, including a pop-up holocron, a translator card, a Jedi equipment booklet, and more. And then there was a, an exclusive look at StarWars.com. Uh, this looks exciting to me. M Marie, what was your take on this book? I think it's an awesome concept. I love the interactivity because anything like like the the Rebel Files and, and uh, Deluxe Smuggler's Guide and all those different things are, are really fun. Um, but I was a little confused about, will it explain how Luke knows stories of the past Jedi? Hmm. That, yes. Where did Luke find that info? <laughs> so that's, that's my, my biggest confusion is like, is it just going to be Luke talking about Shakti and Kit Fisto and Kiari Mundi without any explanation for how in the world he knows about these people? <laughs> That's a fair question. I mean, the only the only loose answer I have is in one the of force. The, 
<laughs> the, the, I, the force fixes anything now, right? Yeah. Um, no, I forget what issue. I think it was the run with Jocasta New in the main run, or was that, or maybe that was the. No, that, that was, was in, in the Darth Vader, right? Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, yeah. So Jocasta had stashed away a bunch of Jedi texts and holocrons and information about the Order in this mountainside cave. That cave, yeah. And then the final panel of the of that issue was like a flash forward to the future, and Luke finds it, and you see him like move a bunch of rocks. And he's he's gained access to the library, and the issue ends, and we don't we don't revisit it, but we know that right. he found access to this repository of information. That's all I can offer you on that. That's a good that that I would be okay with that. That would make sense. I mean, but it, it, that's but that's my they, headcanon, right? That's right. You're, you're free would to they... adopt it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would they actually make that connection? You know, would they actually? bring that scene from the comic book into this book. I hope you know? so. That, that would be amazing. I, I live for that kind of thing when it comes yes. to like these cross platform type of storytelling. If they if Luke said like, oh I I where did I learn all this? Well I found a library that was apparently built by Jocasta New and hidden for someone like me. I would be over the moon if they did that. Yeah. Uh Michelle what do you think of this type of book? Is it something you're going to pick up? or I like the Inside Edition books. I think they're really cool. Um, and I like these types of like art and film books, but I don't think so. This will be a pass for you? We'll, we'll give you the Coles notes then. <laughs> we'll give you yeah. the spoilers. I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, it looks cool. I just don't really like... I have so many books right now, like you guys, like my friend came over and was looking at my shelves and I was looking at my couch, which is also stacked full of books and I have no shelf space and I either need to get a new shelf or I need to start pulling out books to like <laughs> donate to, for my friends. My One of my friends is going to like donate a bunch of books and going to Africa next year to help build a new library. So I was going to like donate a bunch of books for her trip and her library thing. Um, but yeah, I need to get rid of books first <laughs> before I like, I don't know, buy books that I won't read that often. Well, and like, you're right, because like they add up so quickly, movie. right? Like you, you yeah, get one here, like... two there, and suddenly like, uh oh, the the shelf is full. Now I'm just gonna like pile them on top of the books on that shelf. Yeah, and like I, I also get like as a book blogger, I get a lot of like advanced reader copies, which I'm not allowed to sell. Um, so like I need to like donate those or like figure out a way to like who can get those i usually typically like to like donate them to other book bloggers who live abroad who don't usually get to receive books like in advance um like some of us do uh or i like donate them to like local libraries or like the tiny free libraries in town um but like i have a bunch of books that i get sent for work and like just as a blogger and then you know there's books that I buy and books that I have multiple copies of that like I will never get rid of because I need all of the versions of my of book uh, you know like even the foreign versions that I will never read because I need to learn the language first but you know I love the book and <laughs> details, I, could probably details. Read. I could I could recite the book in English to you while I pretend to read it in a different language so it's fine 
Um, but yeah, like I, I mean, when it comes to books that I know that I like, but I'm not going to read that often unless it's something that I'm specifically collecting. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm try. I try not to buy as many anymore because I have so much stuff I need to declutter. No, I, I totally get you. Like I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a wait and see on this one. And it's... yeah, that's kind of how I feel. And I, I want to kind of wait until like the Skywalker saga is over before I buy like any big art of books really i want to wait like i feel like there will be better stuff or like not better stuff because that's rude to the person who created this book which is beautiful and i'm sure it's amazing but i mean like i don't know just something more comprehensive that is worth spending like 50 bucks on just because the inside editions are beautiful but i see and I don't know. I just I I have a lot of books on the my list of things I want, so it's hard. Well, no, to, I know what like, you mean though, because like I have the same know? problem with this book as I do with uh, Delilah Dawson's upcoming book, The Skywalker Saga, or the, the Skywalker Story. I think it is. Like it's it's a type of book that to me, like it might become outdated as soon as The Rise of Skywalker comes out. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know why you don't wait. No disrespect, but like you know, like I I would rather wait, and I think. I don't think that that's an unreasonable request, especially from, you know, us three who, you know, sink a lot of bank into Star Wars, Star Wars reading. So I think it's fair for us to be like, you know what, I'd rather wait because I spend a lot of money on Star Wars books and I'd rather, you know, I know that there's going to be another one coming out like very soon. So like, you know, I don't think it's unfair for us to be like, I'd rather wait. Yeah, I want to make I want to make sure that what the thing that I'm getting isn't going to be expanded upon or is incomplete exactly. in some way. The, the Atlas book that they released a couple of years ago, no way. Like I knew that was going to be useless, as nice as as it is, almost like a useless book very quickly. And like like since this book is is being told from Luke's perspective, like it's it'll make sense that Ray and Kylo's story will will remain incomplete since Luke dies, and you know. But it's got other things in it that might become annoying for like in the years to come. Like, for example, there, there's a there's a paragraph about Ahsoka in the book, which was part of the preview images. And it's got Luke's description and impression of Ahsoka. But in my head, and this is this is, I guess, a me problem. In my head, these two characters are going to meet. Have they met? Not that I know of. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Right. No, not that we know. I don't think so. Um, but like, they will one day. I'm, I, 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 I totally believe that those two will meet one day, and it will be amazing. Uh, but any hint of that meeting will not be in this book. And so, like yeah. when when Luke talks about Ahsoka, you you would think that any meeting he had with another Jedi, because he met so few, would be in the book, and it won't be there. There's no way, unless they do like second revised edition. So yeah, I don't know if. If it gets good buzz and it's it really is a nice looking book, I might do it. I'm you know, or I'll put it on my wish list and and throw it out there as as a something someone can get me as a gift at Christmas or something. But otherwise, uh, throw it on that Amazon wish list. Yeah, I mean that's already six mm. miles long to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but our I guess our main topic tonight is we're gonna we're gonna look at Star Wars the the current arc from 
uh, Greg Pak and Phil Noto, issues 68 through 70-ish. And then we'll just discuss, uh, you know, we don't have to do a play-by-play of, of each issue, but we'll talk about like whether or not these comics are too limited, are they playing it safe, or should they be, ex- be exploring other characters. Um, but Marie, coming back to you on this, what is your take now on, or your early impressions, I suppose, now that we're three issues in, on this new creative team? How are you enjoying it so far? I'm really, really liking it, especially seeing Chewie and 3PO work together. <laughs> I think that is so cool. It it makes a lot of sense um, for how Chewie reacts to C-3PO being in parts in Empire Strikes Back, because they kind of form a bond. And yeah, we see a, we see a bit of a, a friendship forming here, even though yeah. 3PO drives Chewie nuts, I think, in Empire. The, yeah. Deep down, Chewie actually cares, and we're seeing that that relationship take root here. So that's that's my favorite one. I really like that that of one of the three stories, but I'm enjoying all three, and I like the way they ended up doing it, where they're doing all three in each issue, because it keeps things moving, it goes quick, and it's interesting, and it keeps my attention, and I. I like how it, you know, it ends suddenly for each one, and you're like, "Oh no, what's going to happen next?" But then it's the next story, and you're like, "Ah!" So, well, yeah, I you, think you can get really almost fun. like three cliffhangers per issue, right? Yeah, and it's, I think, it's a good, it's an effective method to string out a title until you, you, until you get to that next big event, because I think the next big event will come next year as they get closer to Empire's fortieth birthday. And I don't know how long Greg Pak intends to drag this particular arc for, but we're we're right there in Empire Strikes Back. And right. so whatever they do with this title on, on the 40th anniversary of Empire, it's going to be closely related. So this current arc, it's going to have some legs to it. I think, I don't know if we're halfway through it or what, but it's uh, it's been it's been fun. Michelle, have you been reading this arc so far? No, but I've been looking at, I like started flipping through the first, because I'm a little behind, so I started flipping through 68, and I really liked like the 3PO stuff stuff with like Chewie, and and I like the Han Chewie stuff, but yeah, I haven't really read enough of it, so I don't feel like I can fully comment. All right, fair, fair <laughs> I mean, the, I, I love the art, I'm, I'm loving the art. The art is beautiful, oh. like so stunning. I was just really mesmerized by that. Um, but yeah, I was like flipping through it today, like just to kind of get kind of acquainted with the new work, but I want to like sit down and properly read it. Um, but yeah, I really love the art. I'm really a huge fan of the art. And um, yeah, I've, I've loved seeing, I, mean, I guess it's a bit played, but I, I love the visuals of Luke with his poncho on a desert planet. I know it's not Tatooine, <laughs> but it. I think for me the 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 colorist really nailed it for those scenes with the with the sunsets and the yellows and the oranges, so good. I love I love. The I was look gonna of that say, art. I was gonna say the colorist is incredible on this. Like the the tones that mm-hmm. I'm seeing, like on in every frame is just like everything. Like even the the cover of '68 just like is so beautiful to me. It, I just love the style that they're doing with the with the coloring and. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to reading these 
Yeah, like, I'm I'm over the moon with the art. I, I've, I've, and I really love Phil Noto, so I'm, oh, yeah. I'm excited to like read his his version because I've I've read some of the books and like some of the stuff he's written before, and I'm a huge fan of his writing. Um, so yeah, and I love his like him writing Chewy is like so exciting to me. And well, yeah, and like the the art from, with uh, Salvador La Roca and I think Angel Anzueta, like just the Uncanny Valley stuff, just drove me crazy. I've said that a million times. I'm oh. sorry, it's I'm like a broken record there. But seeing these iterations of the characters that are clearly representative of the actor without being creepy in that Uncanny Valley way, and I'm I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy to dive into the issues now. I have no more of that mm-hmm. fear. Uh, we we've met another one of uh, Leia's old flames, <laughs> Dar Champion. Oh like we, yeah! Like we we've done this a couple times now, right? Like in Star Wars in this Disney era, we've got we've got uh, Kira as an old flame for Han. Uh, Leia had a a boyfriend briefly in Princess of Alderaan. Yeah, and I, I people were nervous oh. about that. I think for a while, like, oh, you're gonna dilute Han and Leia's romance if you shove in all these prior relationships. And it's like, what do you think these people were? They're, they're yeah, <laughs> of course human. they had relationship. Uh, you know, one of the things I loved about um, issue sixty nine, I think I, I really should have the issues here, but I don't. Um, issue sixty nine, there was a sequence. Uh, it was, to me, it was like a very much like a Back to the Future type sequence with Luke wanders into town, kind of like Marty w- wanders into Hill Valley. And then there's some patron making fun of Luke's poncho the same way Biff's friend makes fun of uh, Marty's life jacket. Yes. And then Luke intervenes on, uh, for somebody about to get beat up, just like how Marty bails out young George McFly. Then they escape in a stolen speeder like. It was very Back to the Future vibes there. I I love that part. But I, I don't know if I don't know if nice. I I don't know if I'm reaching, but I didn't see a whole lot of chatter about that. Uh, but we also got introduced to this new character, Warba, who kind of baits Luke in. She mentions the Force, and of course Luke gets all flustered, like oh, the Force. I I need to know about the Force. Like tell me about the Force. Like does does this character? come off to you as a she's shady does she come off to you as a little bit of afro light yeah i read that in a comment um on something but i she kind of does a little bit but right? i don't think she's as devious or shady as afra yeah like, i don't well see this person carrying around murder droids with her yeah this person <laughs> seems to be almost like a like a low level petty thief or something like that whereas afra is like dangerous yeah <laughs> oh, god she scares me yeah <laughs> I mean, we're obviously going to learn more about her but it feels like almost whenever you put luke with a female it's always like well is this going to be luke's first girlfriend that we're going to get canonically yeah. because he also there was that uh, the daughter of the chief on that that planet called Huben from mm-hmm. I don't know like maybe it goes back about a year and that seemed like that was going to be Luke's first relationship and that like he kind of backed out of that one so are, are we going to keep playing this game with Luke where he has opportunities to maybe strike something up but because of his duties as a rebel and needing to become a Jedi like 
is this just something that's never going to happen for Luke? Well, in, um, I'm trying to find it now. Heir to the Jet, Woo! Dropping stuff. Heir to the Jedi. Um, doesn't he have sort of a relationship in that novel? It's on my wish list. I don't... Okay. <laughs> I, I think he has some sort of relationship in that novel. So we've so we've potentially already crossed that bridge. I think so. Okay. I can't remember I read it so long ago. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's that's what I remember. I remember there being a female co-protagonist who he was interested in. Interesting. Oh, now okay. Now I'm kind of more interested in, in pulling the trigger on that book. Uh, so yeah. So th- this arc is bouncing between Chewie and three PO's mission, Luke's mission, and Han and Leia's mission. And so cutting back to Han and Leia, um, <laughs> a thing that made me laugh. Like Han, this guy just he doesn't change. He doesn't learn. Like he scoffs at the idea that they're being followed. When when of course <clears throat> they're being followed very closely. And like, how many times in the saga has has it happened where Han's like, "We're not being tracked." Are you kidding me? That's that's ridiculous. Like it happened in Solo, I think. <laughs> and just, yeah, if, uh, the the Warwick Davis character planted a tracker on the Falcon. In A New Hope, they're tracked leaving the Death Star. Uh, in Empire, of course, the most famously is Boba Fett tracking. Like Han is oblivious to the fact that he's constantly being followed, and he has no idea. I, I thought that was hilarious. He's way too comfortable, like, being followed. Like, he should have his own reality show. He probably wouldn't even, like, <laughs> notice the cameras are there. Like, he's just, like, I mean, for real, though. Like, for a smuggler, like, he should be a little bit more aware of, like, you know, what's on his six. Like, for real. Like, it's part of his job is to smuggle. Is Smuggling means, like, not being caught. Like, what? <laughs> It's just like, it's the opposite of what your job entails, dude. Like, you are a very terrible smuggler. Like, I guess that's part of his charm, right? Because he's he thinks he's good, but he's actually really bad. No. You're supposed to be, like, you know, no one's supposed to be knowing you're, like, bringing these things in and out. Like, if you're the best smuggler around, like, you know, no one should be knowing that you're smuggling things. Like, that's the whole point. Of being a good smuggler. <laughs> like, no one knowing that you're taking things and bringing them to other places. If you're good, no yeah, one would know you Here we are. Just... Here we are. Uh, I love you, Han, but come on. Yeah, come on, dude. You get, get a grip. And then finally, like, uh, Chewie and 3PO's mission to blow up that planet and take out some Imperials along with them. That plan's been dashed because uh, they've they've the Empire's kind of figured out, oh, this smells like a trap. And of, of course it is. And Vader enters on the last panel. He's probably about to flip the tables on Chewie and 3PO. Um, is, okay, so I guess this leads into the broader discussion I wanted to have. Of course Vader's behind this. Or of course he's like, yes, this is a trap. I, I've sensed this all along. Is this... Marie, I'll come to you first. Is this kind of like this again like vader's always there to like sniff out the the uh the deception or the the trap is this uh is this too safe too predictable from the 
the writers? Yeah, I think, I think that, um, it was really interesting when they brought in new characters like Commander Kanchar and Queen Trios is kind of the bad guys. And it really made for an intriguing story, a, uh, a colorful story. Whereas you bring in Vader again and it, you're right. It is kind of predictable. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. I mean, I knew who was going to be on the next page before I got to it. Well, there you go, right? So, yeah. I had that sense, too. I'm like, oh, I know what's coming. Right. So. So, Yeah. I mean, I think this this comes down to, like, the push and pull between, you know, these are comics. They're, They're not going to alter the canon timeline or give, I don't think they're, ever really going to give us anything earth-shattering in terms of canon. I think these are just places for creatives to tell some wacky stories and and explore these characters that we know. But in doing so, I mean, I have not really, like, had a a problem with with the stories we've been told so far. Uh, But I I saw some people complaining about this. Oh, it's it's too safe and predictable. Like, these comics are, are just boring. And I'm like, well, I just find them fun. Like, I'm having a good time just reading 22 pages and and spending some time with these characters. I like my mindset from the get go with with comics is that they're not going to blow me away with crazy reveals or altering the way I think about a specific plot line. It's just this is extra bonus time we get to spend. So that was my perspective on this. Um, what about you, Marie? Are you is that where you're at as well, or do you have a different take now? Have I tainted you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I I really really enjoyed that moment between Chewie and three PO when three PO was saying they may not be flesh and blood, but they're still living creatures, and the interchange was Chewie saying um, that that was similar to 3PO, how 3PO was essentially a sentient being. And so I think there have been some, like that moment made it for me. I loved that moment. Um, I think there have been some other pretty good moments too. I I live for those little moments in, in the comic books. Yeah. It's, it's like panning for gold. Like you, you go through it and then, once in a while, you get a moment like that that sticks out and goes, "Oh, this this really feeds into their relationship in the movie." Like, there's there's brilliant little nuggets like that. Yeah. Uh, how about like inserting more previous romances or creating romantic tension between Han and Leia? I guess that that's also kind of a given. Like, I think if if you didn't see that coming, um, I I, I guess I don't know if if you can be helped, but. <laughs> Uh, we know they end up together. So any tension that they try to introduce, you already know how it turns out. So I don't, I don't know if it's again, just fun because let's see these two argue with each other and, and push, push against the notion that they actually are meant to be together. They, they still act like they hate each other. 
but we know that they're awfully close to actually not hitting each other anymore. Right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with this. It's just like, let's let's just have some a little bit of fun with these characters and not expect too much out of the comic book medium. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a place where you just have fun with the characters. I will say though <laughs> that there was one moment that in in the original Darth Vader line that comic line that blew my mind and I think is sort of a earth-shattering moment when Vader found out that Luke's last name was Skywalker via Boba Fett. Yes. So that moment was beyond anything I could have hoped for. Um, But, but compared to that moment, I think this run, this arc is more fun just for fun. And yeah, I've, I've had a blast. Like it was almost like it was semi jarring to me to like, read people read chatter online of going of people like really not happy about how how safe it is i'm like they're just fun like i i don't know what 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 some people were expecting from the comics but i'm having a lot of fun with them to be honest and especially now especially now that we're in the empire strikes back timeline i felt like we hanging out in a new hopes backyard it's just it's something we've done forever and it was hmm. it was really time to move beyond that right and now here we are but i'll i'll say this if like if warba ends up to be like an agent for vader and she's just she's waiting to rope luke in like she and if she turns out to be working for darth vader um i i am going to roll my eyes quite a bit <laughs> i i really hope it doesn't come to that yeah, there was a point in this issue where I thought she was going to turn on Luke and she ended up not turning on him. And I was like, OK, maybe she is trying to help him. And I hope I kind of hope it stays that way. I hope she doesn't end up turning on him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what kind of future is planned for this character, but she's she's funny. She's interesting. I like yeah. that she tried to, like, steal Luke's lightsaber and and. and sell it right out from under him actually you know on that point she she took away she grabbed luke's saber and then he force pulled it away from her again right and i thought well that's strange because in empire he struggled with all his might to force pull the lightsaber out of the snow like he barely pulled it off in that movie Maybe that ice was really strong. <laughs> Maybe it was just frozen in there so hard. But yeah, he just snatched it from the force with the force from her real quick. I'm like, well, wait a sec. It seems almost a little bit like Luke's not ready for that for that trick yet. Good point. I don't like. Maybe there's. Maybe it's because he was banged up by the wampa. Like you said, maybe it was really, really lodged in the snow there. I don't, I don't know, but I thought that was a bit of a reach on on Greg Pak's part. But you know, I, I'm very much let it, willing to let it go. Uh, so where where do you see this art going? 
do you have any thoughts on where it's going or are you just going along for the ride? I haven't really thought too much about that. I'm just really enjoying seeing what comes next. That's usually how I roll is just being going along for the ride. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have any specific, I wonder, like we talked about earlier, how many issues there will be. I think the longest arc we've seen is seven issues. Do you know? Oh boy. Hope dies was what? Five or six parts? The, uh, the, the ashes of Shu Torin was pretty long as well. And there's also that crossover with, uh, with the, the Vader Down series. Yeah. That was also, again, five, six, maybe seven issues. But yeah, it's up there. This one, this one for sure will be up there as well. That seems to be the sweet spot, anyway, for Star Wars yeah. comics. Six, six, seven issues, six-ish issues, I think, is right. Is right where they're at. I, I I do wonder. Um, the the Luke storyline, I feel like, is can go on for several more issues because we really have no idea what's going on right now with him. Um, with the whole wanting to learn more about the Force from Warba, uh, the Han and Leia one that was. That was a big cliffhanger um, with Dark Champion turning on them. And but then for the next issue, it says that they find like a surprising ally. And I'm seriously wondering, well, how like how is that going to work out? And I feel like that could go for several issues. But the 3PO and Chewie one, I, I don't know how they can keep that one going. Yeah, it seems like that one's got to resolve itself pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, if Vader is breathing down your neck, you're either going to die or you get out of dodge. Like, right. I don't think that can that can drag out too much longer. I mean, it's my favorite one of the three, just because I think it's adorable. But and but those rock creatures are really cool. It is adorable, but I think it does also pose sort of the the deep deeper ethical question of of the saga is is or at least of, of this arc is destroying the planet because there was no sense or at least life as we know it yeah but now there it turns out there is it's just life on a different scale yeah so now now there's now there's there's that conflict now what do you do and it's obvious they're gonna chewie and 3p are trying to undo all the detonators they planted right but now like they're 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 kind of out of time. The Empire's like there's a Star Destroyer right over their heads. Orbit, yeah. So I wonder if it's it's a, a, an exercise of get the rock creatures on board and let's just let's get out of here. And the Falcon becomes sort of the like a like a bus. Let's just get these people on and relocate them because we can't. It's too late to stop the charges. And it seemed like the Falcon semi crashed too. Yeah, like it got swatted out of the sky by the like that giant rock creature. Yeah, which was which was weird. At least at least uh, these rock creatures I can tolerate, as opposed to that Yoda arc or that. Yeah, was yeah. <gasps> oh, that, that like that to me was the low point of of Star Wars comics. I could deal <laughs> with that three issue arc with Yoda and the, with those rock people. 
the mountain creatures. Ugh, that is that arc just put me to sleep. <laughs> I thought it was pretty interesting, but it was definitely out there. Very out there. And Stone the, power. The first issue, the first issue of it, I was like, oh, this could be cool. But by the end of it, I was like, no, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else anybody wants to add about comics in general? Um, People should read them. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Support your local comic book shop. Do that for sure. I would. Find out when one. your local comic book day is. Um, yeah. Those are always fun. I, I, I used to love going. And when I say used to, I mean just a few years ago. <laughs> going over to <laughs> like I wasn't like I, I loved going to comic book stores as a child like that was like going to a candy store but even as like a when I was in my 30s and going into a comic book shop and this week's here's all this week's new issues and I would just like grab a whole bunch and alright let's get out of here I can't wait to read these um, but yeah now I, I don't have a local comic book shop <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotta drive nearly an hour oh, that's sad. It, it's, it sucks wow. it sucks I gotta either go into the city, which I never do, which for comics I'm not I'm I love comics, but I'm not going into the city for that. Or you know, I I gotta drive west of here almost like an hour to go to a little comic book shop. So I end up doing that like once a month. Once every six weeks. I, I catch up with the shop owner there. Talk, comic book small small talk in a comic book store is is real, man. It's Oh yeah, I love getting involved in those conversations. It's so fun. I get so excited. It's my favorite place. Like I'm really like introverted, and I don't (laughs) use like a bunch of people that I don't know. But like at a comic book shop, it's like the one place where I'm like very open to talking to people. Where I'm just like, oh, I don't know you. Cool. Let's have a long conversation about Vampironica and Archie and like Jughead as the thing. And I don't know. Like, it's just fun. I get really excited. I mean, I remember one time I was in there and myself and the shop owner, we, we were talking about The Last Jedi and we were both like, I, I love it a lot. He enjoyed it. And I could tell there was another dude in the store and I could just tell <laughs> he was just fuming. Uh-huh. He, I could just tell he was like, I wanted he wanted to go off so bad and eventually the the shop owner was like oh but that guy over there we'll call him jason he's like jason really didn't like the last jedi and he just was just shaking his head but he was <laughs> he was not going to get into the conversation because he was listening to us he's like well you know i would do the they same like thing it. like i'm not going to change that guy's mind so i'm just <laughs> we're not going to have this talk <laughs> <laughs> we actually That's have funny. one of the best men on was at a comic book store. Random fact. Oh, I was gonna say we we actually have a local comic book store that's also a tattoo shop. Ooh, wow. that sounds cool. It's a really neat place. Do they like often I'm I wanna know if they often do like comic strips or like uh you know like a, a little thing from a comic book or whatever i feel like that would be cool yeah they they actually did a big on may the 4th they had they only did star wars tattoos all day oh, that's so cool i love they that donated the money to make a wish oh that's doing it right it was awesome what is i got we should talk about it we should tell people what it is called oh it's 
Say that again. We should tell people what it's called because they're doing awesome things. Yes, that is true. Um, it's called Sanctum. And it is awesome. On May the 4th, I got two Star Wars tattoos. <laughs> That's awesome. What'd That's you so get? Cool. An ATAT. It's little and adorable. An ATAT and a battle droid head. Oh, cute. And you got those yeah. on May 4th at that store? Yes. Nice. Were they doing like a special like pricing thing because they're doing Star Wars tattoos or was it just like anything you want as long as it's Star Wars and then the money goes to the charity? It was flash tattoos so they'd already pre-drawn them. Right. Yeah. They picked out from what they had. Yeah. Those are always cool. That's so cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Giving it all to make a wish. I mean, that's that's significant. So awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, that's that's gonna do it. Here we are, like almost an hour and a half later. That's uh, that is episode one eighty seven done for. Good job, yeah, everybody. Something really quick. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone should read the Galaxy's Edge comic series. It is brilliant. Yes, we are we are going to talk about that at some point for that. sure. It is. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. We definitely got to we got to do something about that series. I definitely want to read it. So good. Well, before before we do the show, like or end the show, like Michelle, what are you Star Wars specific? What are you looking to get into next? Oh, to read? Yeah. Oh well, I want to like finish reading Mist and Fables, and then I want to read Crash of Fate, and then I want to read these like the Star Wars comics, and then I want to read that, and then. I don't know. It's so hard. <laughs> I just like want to read everything. But I probably immediately, like the first thing I'm going to finish is the um, Myths and Fables, I think, because I'm reading it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you start something, see, see it through. Yeah. How about you, yeah. Marie? What's what's uh, what's on your menu coming up? Well, I'm about I have about 90 pages left in Alphabet Squadron and it's getting pretty good. I'm really excited about it. I am about 15 pages into Tarkin, uh, not Tarkin, why did I say that? Thrawn, <laughs> Thrawn Treason. Um, so I'm in the middle of both of those right now, but after that, it will definitely be a crash of fate. Yeah, coming up for me, it's Alphabet Squadron. I'm going to tr- get into the audiobook of that this week. I don't know if I'll finish it, but that's next for me, and then going to give uh, Dooku Jedi Lost a spin. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I, I'm going to give that a shot. I've, I love Count Dooku. I've always complained nice. about lack of story for him. So now I have it and I've waited a, a good couple months to actually get into it. So I, I'm going to do that. Uh, and of course I'll, I'll stay on top of the comics as well as I can. Yeah. And myth, Myths and Fables. Oh my goodness. How could I forget? As soon as I get that, oh, yeah, that's definitely. for sure yeah. going to be one of those things I, I jump into and, and Really look forward to talking uh, about those stories with you, with you both. Yay. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yay! All right, so that uh, that's going to do it for episode 187, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you want to be a part of the podcast, you can send us your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And if you also want to help us out, you can share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review on your platform of choice and uh, let us know you did so. Uh, let me give a quick shout out to Rob Wade from Emotionally14.com uh, for endorsing this episode as part of the E14 Endorsed Program, which again, you can learn about at Emotionally14.com. 
bunch of cool podcasts that uh, Rob likes to put his rubber stamp of approval on. We're proud to be part of that and to be one of those podcasts. So do check it out. And also be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We've got a bunch of great podcasts doing good, good work. Uh, so check that out on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it. Uh, we're there listed as a podcast provider, so you'll see all the shows in the network group together. Give them all a try. See what you like, because everybody is doing some cool stuff. And uh, with all that out of the way, uh, Marie, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Alia Morgane on Twitter, and you can find my review blog at the Star Wars review.blogspot.com and you can find a variety of articles that I write on beyond the Excellent. Michelle, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at tediously underscore brief. And you can also find my bookstagram where I post all about my books and comics and, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple shelves of books. <laughs> <laughs> and bookish things and Star Wars things and everything. Um, and that's at Traveling Book Nerds, uh, all one word. And uh, you can find me on Facebook at Michelle Grandine. And I think that's it. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have other stuff linked on there. So like articles <laughs> I've written or I don't know, <laughs> my photos. You are everywhere, things. Michelle. It's awesome. I am everywhere. It is my job. And you do it well. Uh, and you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, on Instagram. And uh, do check out our closed Facebook group where we have a lot of fun talking Star Wars uh, all week long. All the news, all the all the weird stuff that's out there, funny memes. They all get posted in our Facebook group. So come check it out. We'd love to, uh, love to interact with you there. And so that's it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed episode 187. Uh, we're off next week i'm at least i'm off next week so i'm not sure if we're going to have a new episode out or not i plan to be far away from here uh, in a tent so i will definitely be out of uh internet range but we'll see how that affects um next week's podcast we'll see we'll see if we, something gets in the feed uh, otherwise have a great week and we'll talk to you again very soon may the force be with you everybody bye bye Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams Fall away Signs Blindly To the lines on your face Beating Strong Drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. Breathing
to see you next to me sleeping soundly smiling not really this Are you running away?